Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 81st episode of Career Podcast. Today, I'm joined with a very special guest. We have Mr. Ali Bahmani as our guest. He's an origami instructor and also artist, which I never had an origami in- instructor and artist in the show. So this is why it's kind of exciting for me, because it's also something that I've been excited and interested in for a long time. Well, Mr. Ali Bahmani is a UX lead at Coffee Bazaar Studio, host of Origami Talk podcast, and most importantly, of course, as I said, this is my third time I'm saying this, is an origami designer and educator from Tehran, Iran. And uh, well, before we move on to the first question, I'm gonna I want to I need to say a little message to my dear Farsi listeners, Farsi speaking listeners. Salam alaikum, betamun shenavandegan Farsi zaman aziz podcast career. Farxasam in betum begam ki man yadam narafte ke khub audience begolan shenavandegan Farsi zamanam midunam hal Ali Bahmaniam khub. از تهرانشون در تماس هستم خودشون هم تسلط کامل به زبان فارسی دارن ولی خب بر اساس سال تشخیصشون چون قبلا مصاحبه به فارسی و پادکست داشتن و به انگلیسی نداشتن تصمیم گرفتیم که خب انگلیسی باشه بیش بیشتر به نفعشون و به دردشون میخوره بیشتر میتونن در تماس باشن با فالووراشون و کسی که دنبالشون میکنن و ولی امیدوارن حالا هوپفولی بگولن در آینده بتونیم باز محتوای فارسی زبان باشون در آینده اگه بشه باز ضبط کنیم در در باره هیت خود اوریگامی و اینکه همین در قسمت بعدی باز باتون دا مهمان فارسی زبان دیگه در اختیار هستیم و and cut with that out of the way let's move on to the first question um, alright so first things first give us a little introduction on how we got into visual arts and origami and basically the whole world of the origamis Right. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you for inviting me to your podcast, Ramtin. And also, uh, hello to everybody who's listening to this uh, to this episode. Um, well, how did I end up into the arts world? Well, uh, before, so I studied math and physics in the high school. And before going to the university, I always was very interested into drawings and and arts and art art activities but i never had the chance and then later on when when i went to university to study applied mathematics uh then i had more time to um to um get to to spend more time to to what i like and also i met friends from the arts faculty and arts uh, school of the university of the tehran and also i had time to learn about the history of the graphic design history of the art on my own so i would say uh, my interest in the graphic design was uh, and photography was what led me into the uh, art world or artistic side And on the other side, and on the other hand, um, encountering origami was like professionally encountering origami was when I was 20 years old. But uh, the first time I encountered origami was when I was four or five years old in Japan because my family were living in Japan. My father was studying uh, virology in Sapporo in uh, Hokkaido University. And I went to the kindergarten with the Japanese children. And as every children is being exposed to the origami, I also learned origami, simple origamis, recreational origami, nothing serious, uh, cranes, boats, hats. Um, And that was my first encounter. But then later on in the university, I realized that the origami world is much more broader than what I had imagined. And 
I also started searching it on on the internet, and that was my intro uh, in into the world, into the uh, professional world of the origami. And I started folding. I started uh, getting in touch with the other artists. I started designing, and um, basically, the origami became the perfect combination of arts and science um, 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 that that I that could. Uh, that could give me uh, and also feed my passion that was both into the uh, scientific side, rational side, and also the artistic side. That's pretty interesting. There's something that's kind of bubbling on my mind that I need to ask you um, for someone who has had the experiences like you had. Um, considering you're from someone who's kind of from mathematical side and perspectives that you kind of got exposed i mean of course you said the already when you were in kindergarten you were exposed to origami and arts and stuff like that um but have you ever like in through throughout these past years been also exposed to or saw or had an interest in generative uh, compute generative uh, programming art that has been like you know done with programs and just how about those that type of subject has has it ever occurred to you to you know do anything with that yeah right so yeah exactly the generative uh, is not only in also origami but also in the graphic design in in general was one of the interests uh, that i had but but unfortunately i always wished to be able to um, um, have the coding and algorithmic knowledge to code so I always admired and and liked the generative art by by looking at it, but I never had the chance to produce or um, or or be the one who cooks these kind of generative arts, at least in the digital format. But that passion translated somehow into what I do. Um, so in origami, the fractal origami and self-similar origami and generative patterns are one of the. Uh, one of the topics that I'm really am much interested about. And, and if you also look at my origami designs, you might be able to also consider them as a um, couple of them as generative patterns. Um, so I would say yes to your question. And also that's one of my uh, interests and subjects that I'm really, really is interested about. All right, awesome. And um, well, you kind of already explained about your background on how you got into origami, but um, just this is kind of like a different question. Where you originally decided to study, like you know, math and all of that, or before you had any thoughts of like maybe you want to pursue art or anything like that when you were in your teen years? Like, how did did you had any change of thoughts when you were younger? Right. So. Um, in the high school, we were all exposed to, you have to become engineer. You have to become engineer, like civil engineer, mechanical engineer, uh, electronic, um, uh, electric engineers. So whatever the, the high school and the system uh, advertises for you, that becomes somehow your reality to go to university. And the first, so I, I somehow rejected that. And to be honest, I... Like I, I refused to uh, to participate in the uh, in my first year of concours, which is the national exam for everybody who's uh, who wants to go to the university in Iran. Um, 
like like I just showed up in the exam and slept during the exam so that I can get out of the exam. So this was the first year because I didn't want this. Uh, instead, what I was doing while I was the in the uh, pre-university year, I went to a caricature class. Uh, there was this famous uh, Golaga magaz- magazine, which they had an office and they, they also had these classes and workshops on caricature and also in the history of the um, um, history of the caricatures. Uh, so I, I attended that. I also self-studied Italian. And so basically I was doing whatever I, I thought it is interesting to do uh, to not do what I am supposed to do uh, and, and studying for the exams. And when the first year passed, I had more time to, uh, to think about what, what I would like. And that was when I found a friend who was studying uh, pure math in the PhD program. And he, he uh, when we talked, he showed me that, that this image of uh, math being scary is not true and rather it is just like music and it, it's just it's it's it has so connection to arts uh, that that you might wonder how how uh, this is even possible so um, that was that was my introduction to the math and so what I wanted to do so when I was uh, choosing the major um, uh, in the university the only two major that I wrote down in my um, in, in the form was mathematics and also architecture. So I didn't end up being accepted in the architecture. So the, the next option w- was mathematics. And then when I went to the university to study math, uh, this was like, um, a, a very happy moment. But later on, I realized that universities in Iran might not be as interesting as one one might imagine and that was a total uh, that was actually a total disappointment uh years later so um yeah that's the story all right there's a couple of things that was pretty interesting about your story is first and for people who don't know who are listening um yes there's kind of like this brutal exam system in iran called like it's called concours, you know, as uh, also Mr. Bahmani said and mentioned that, yeah, it's kind of pretty brutal. It's literally the same system as South Korean school system because I also heard like from my some of my South Korean friends, I also researched it online that they also have the pre pretty similar system in their education system. There's it's it's extremely taxing on the mental health of the students and yeah and fun fact just this is a, like the really rare news that actually happened like a couple of weeks ago that it happened to be that the this year's concours got leaked the day that it happened and in a record-breaking statistics more than 500 students got math over 80 percent score which is like never happened before so yeah there's that um so yeah, usually systems like this just breeds. Uh, it's not based on meritocracy. It's just, it's just wrong. Let's just leave it at that. All right. And all right. So yeah, that's from, crazy. Yeah, to leave that crazy subject, let's move on to the next subject, which is definitely not crazy. And is what is your main branch of design that you're focusing on? And tell us about your experience from the start of it until now. What I mean by that is 
of course, we already know that you're an origami designer and educator, but as uh, a lot of people might not know, but origami has a lot of sub-branches and, you know, fields, different fields that it has. So what field of origami right now are you active in and do you pro- professionalize it? Right. That, that's a great question. So origami, for those who don't know, uh, um, can be categorized in different in different. Um, terms. So one of the categorization is that um, there's this technique and also um, uh, style of representative. So if you fold, uh, usually with one paper, uh, a tree or an animal or an, an object that is a representation of something in the real world that is called uh, representative uh, origami. So crane, like hats, boats, all of those are not only representative, but also a traditional, meaning that it is not known who the designer is, and it's too old, uh, uh, and, it, and are usually old designs, or at least uh, the, the designer is unknown. Uh, so that's, that's one topic. Another one is... Uh, which is geometrical, it is modular origami. And it refers to the a technique of the origami that uses um, uh, separate sheets, multiple sheets, in order to create a, a single origami, uh, which, which I also have uh, one example, uh, like a couple of examples in here. So this one, I guess it, it, this one uses like 12, if I'm not wrong or 10 uh, different pieces of paper to to create something like this. Uh, you don't need uh, glue. You don't need to cut. You just uh, create or design the uh, locking mechanism in order to create something like that. Or this one folded out of the banknotes is used. Uh, this one, you need 30 pieces of uh, paper to create something like this. So this is a modular origami. This one I also like the geometry because this is uh, called icosahedron in, in uh, mathematics. Uh, it has like uh, uh, um, uh, 20 faces of uh, um, um, uh, what do you call it? like triangles. And so these these origamis are modular and uh, they are usually like in, in shape of 3D origamis, but it, it doesn't have to be 3D. It could be flat also. And the third uh, category is tessellations, and it refers to the patterns, and it refers to the type of the origami that that usually has a, a, a single motif that repeats itself, and you can like expand it as much as you fold it so you don't have any end you you basically tile the pattern in in a surface and uh that's also another uh another category of the origami techniques so usually what i would like to do is the geometry Uh, but not the 3d not the modular but you the single sheet geometric origamis so um uh, that's 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 the category that I'm interested about, but uh, but I also very much enjoy folding other people's geometric origami. So, uh, in terms of folding, in terms of reproducing other people's work and artwork, I'm interested in different in all the uh, in all the techniques. But when when it comes to designing, when it comes to what uh, I am much more focused in my designs, 
It, they are like the patterns, geometric patterns, and tessellations. All right. And of course, speaking of uh, like geometric design, I think like if anyone that is listening to the podcast and by the way, sorry to all the other listeners, if you want to see the stuff we just talked about, you can check the YouTube channel of the podcast to see the video version, which we discussing the shapes, you know, on camera. And all right, let's move on to the point I was talking about. Um, also, for anyone who also checks your Instagram page, which, are, which of course, I'm going to leave it in the captions as well for ease of access, you have highlights called My Designs, and there's a lot of like geometric designs in there as well. Um, is there any of them right now, or uh, the ones you showed were part of them? Yeah, to, to show into the camera, you mean? Yeah, yeah. The ones yeah, you yeah, showed? Yeah. All right. Yeah. If uh, So this is... Uh, I'm not sure um, if this one is uh, available in the... Uh, so in a month, I'm I'm gonna participate in a uh, in an exhibition called Pattern Architecture, which is the patterns, uh, which is dedicated to the patterns. So this is one of the pieces that might be also in the uh, in the exhibition. So this one, um, the interesting thing about this series is this series is called Patterns and Shadows because de- depending on which angle the uh, the light. Uh, meets the surface, you might see different patterns. So if I like rotate it 90 degree, it, it gives you a different feeling than what you might see in uh, 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 than the first first. It also has some degree of freedom, so you can push uh, push it and see. It also gives you a stair-ish kind of an effect. There's also with the same concept, but with uh, different uh different grid it is a polar grid uh you you might have also been able to see this one and i also have designs which are pentagonal which i don't have any 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 of them here so one of the things that i did is that i used a pentagon pentagonal paper rather than uh square paper so uh, uh, if if you search in the YouTube uh, Bahmani Sakura Star, you would see a couple of um, uh, tutorials from uh, 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 origami YouTubers, very good teachers that that are teaching my designs, which are based on Pentagon. This is also another one in the series of uh, patterns and shadows. So there are a couple of designs here which I think gives you the idea of what I'm talking about. So again, most of these also have some degree of uh, freedom that you can open and close, which is quite interesting. Yeah, that's it, I guess. Or also this one. Yeah, so these are the things that I have here with me now. The more this podcast goes on, the more I'm uh, like, I'm not kidding. The more I'm actually getting interested to maybe start origami myself, like as a daily 20 minute thing, because it's weird because I had interest since I was a kid, but, and I even remember tried a bit on from YouTube when I was 14, 15, but you know, it, it, like, you know, most things, it just fell apart and I didn't ever follow through it, but maybe I should again, because I'm, my passion is getting reignited again, <laughs> because actually the textures you just showed because the thing that was going through my mind i was like wow if i was an architect or an interior designer just the pattern and texture would look good in designs 
you know exactly exactly you, you don't need anything else you just need uh, a good source of light and then the pattern and and also the patterns are, are super simple to, to be honest so if, if you look at it it's it's so simple it's just a square like lines coming outside of the the square meeting other squares so it is uh, it is pretty simple so I have this one also in here this is not my design wow and this is a hyper or uh, hyperbolic paraboloid if I'm not wrong in, in calling the name this is also one of the interesting patterns for architects and um, the surface is quite interesting this and is messing with it, my brain so bad <laughs> yeah, if you look at it it is just a, a concentric he hexagons yeah so you, you don't there's there's no complexity but the paper folds itself into this shape which is super interesting and um, so if, if you can fold a crane, if you can fold simple origami, you very likely might be able to do most of the things that I'm showing you in, in the video. All right. That's actually a pretty interesting subject, which we're going to get into, which is the fundamentals of origami, because I had a lot of like photographers, um, artists, visual artists, you know, mostly painters, concept artists, illustrators, which, you know, for the, my audience is kind of like easy to understand what fundamentals are you know perspective lighting coloring but origami is a different beast which it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting when it comes you know for you to explain the fundamental fundamentals to us but that being said let's move on to the next question we'll put that for another time um all right so the next thing is of course we you Now, dear listeners, you might be wondering why there's a jump cut in the editing of the video. Well, um, inter internet connections. Well, in countries like Iran, the internet is not as stable as you might think. Well, shocking, I know. Well, we're re-recording re the answer to the question I asked, which I'm going to ask again is, how does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a design project, like a new origami project or new design you want to make? How does your Bob pipeline work usually? Yeah, that's a great question. So I usually compare um, origami to musics. Uh, as we have the composer and uh, the performer in the music, it's also the same in the origami. So there are people who fold the designs better than the people who have designed them. Um, and also there are people who are mostly uh, focused on composing or designing origamis so i would consider myself as a like intermediate uh, performer and also designer in the origami and as we have also uh, the improvisation concept in the musics that's also the same in the origami my, my technique usually what i do is to improvise and play with the paper and uh, surprisingly, most of my design just uh, have been discovered by accident. And um, I, I call them discoveries and not my creations or, um, or, or also uh, I, I somehow hesitate to say designs because I feel that I play with the paper and the design and the form uh, shows itself to me. So hence I'm discovering them in the world of origami in the paper. And the way I do it is that 
it also happened many times that I was trying to fold a design from other people or even myself, and I got lost during the process. So I was in the middle of a half-folded paper, and then I didn't remember how to finish that. So I played with the paper, and I ended up in with the new design. So a mix and match of every, different things, like folding from other people, uh, the patterns and the cliches that uh, you learn during practicing other people's origami um, and 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 sheer luck or accidents all play into uh, in, in into the uh, uh, what I what I came across in 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 my designs and also I I call that being lucky or I call that playing but you have to somehow think about the structure that you're playing so it's not completely random it's it's just it's not that you you start to fold and play and and all of a sudden the designs emerge you have to think every step that what happened with every fold what what happens if you also add this or that um some might uh some might uh work and most of them might not work and that's that's what i call like improvising see it, it also improvisation is not a random thing you you don't put your fingers on uh, uh, uh onto the um uh, on piano playing random notes it, it has some kind of an underlying structure that's what i usually do so um i play i try to be um uh, like i i try to approach the different things um um and then later on when i see something interesting i try to converge on onto a design and to finish and add the final touches that's that's basically what i do but in the origami world there are people who uses mathematics and they calculate the different things they use even softwares there are different techniques and uh, equation formulas and science going on into designing origamis which i'm not very good at and that's an interesting topic to explore for those who want to uh, search so for instance uh, there's this book from robert dr robert j lang called uh, uh, secrets of origami design if i'm not mistaken he explains the mathematics underlying the origami designs he tried to make it as accessible as possible for even those who do not uh have have a deep knowledge about mathematics it is thus just like simple uh, mostly it is simple uh, uh, high school and college mathematics if uh, you want to learn about that and it's it's i guess around 700 800 pages of books that is also one thing one one of the best books that people can read on the topic of designing origamis but that's just a very narrow uh, field of uh, designing origamis he also has a book about the tessellations and the patterns which is again more than 600 pages i guess so there's there's a lot to explore there all right and um the next question is actually it's not a question there's some stuff i actually wanted to talk to you about um well the first thing is of course that i want to talk about is origami talk podcast which you started i think last year um tell us about the experience and the story of that how did it happen like just everything you can tell us about 
Right. So it, it dates back even even more, um, uh, even even um, back to like 2013, 2012, when I was learning about origami and the origami artist. There was this documentary called Between the Fold. It was recorded on 2009. I guess it's also available online for those who want to check it. It's under an hour. Uh, it was showing the origami artists their life and also their origami. So it was the first time I was learning about the artist behind the artworks. And it was so fascinating. It was so interesting for me that uh, when I got the chance to travel to Japan to meet um, almost all my origami heroes, I learned about photography, videography, and and decided to uh, interview them back in 2014 in the Tokyo University. And because I also could speak Japanese, I had the chance to talk with the Japanese origami artists, which cannot uh, interview in English. So that was also a chance. So the, the series of the interviews started back in the 2014 but it never got published because uh, I needed somehow I needed a team. Uh, I wasn't good in editing. Uh, I was too uh, idealistic with choosing the music, so it never uh, see the uh, the light, and it never got published. And uh, hours and hours of interviews with the origami artists from 2014 to 2017, because I also traveled two times more after that to Japan, uh, got just uh, stored in, in my hard drives without being published anywhere, which I still have, uh, which I still somehow regret that. And with the pandemic, with the uh, uh, the new reality and the new situation, um, I saw the chance that it I could ease off a little bit of that idealism in in producing the content. It could be a just a friendly chat with the artists. So I contacted the um, origami artists. Some of whom I never even got a chance to meet in person, or at least um, just we just met really short, but we didn't get the chance to talk with each other. And then uh, with that series, this was the, f I guess, one of the first times that n nobody was asking the origami artists teach us something about like a, a model and origami design. And for the first time, it was just completely focused on the origami artists and the designers and um, like everyday life and, and also the questions about how they got into uh, the origami world or even as simple questions as how do you store your papers? How many papers do you have? Like where do you keep your origamis? Where do you put your papers? How do you choose the papers? Whatever question that was coming to mind. Uh, so it was semi-structured, but it was super flexible. Also, the people, uh, so the platform that I was using was Zoom, so it could host up to 100 people. And uh, people would also be able to ask the artist directly the question. So it was just like, uh, again, as I said, it, it was less 
about interviewing the artist. It was more about chatting with the artist as if it was a virtual bar and we were gathered in the same location and, and I was just somehow guiding and moderating the whole thing and uh that was that was it and and it 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 blew up off in the origami community many many people sent me very kind emails um and and messages regarding how this origami talk series was was uh interesting and for the first time they also had the chance to meet uh in person with with their favorite artists so this was uh, it started weekly but then later on it became every two weeks because uh because of the zoom fatigue that everyone was feeling and uh there was like many many um other origami workshops and meetings that was going on that people felt it was too much to attend all of the sessions and they wanted to also be uh, with the sessions and meet their artists so i made it into two weeks and after like 24 sessions uh each session uh two hours uh it ended and now i guess it's about six months uh, so in the new year, in 20, uh, the last, uh, like in the January 2021, I didn't have any new sessions and I'm waiting for uh, a chance to also start the second uh, season of the uh, Origami Talk. All right. Sounds pretty awesome. So it's kind of like, I think we both have, based on your survey, we both have kind of like the same attitude and spirit when it comes to learning from other people. Like, because I kind of have the same attitude towards my own podcast as well too. Like, it's it's basically just fascinating and interesting for me to talk to different creative people and just learn from them. And I was like, I could make it a podcast so other people can learn and enjoy it. So I was like, cool. It could even be good for my resume as well. So, you know, hitting like multiple birds with one stone. So, you know, it's kind of like that. And exactly, exactly. Yeah, and another thing that I want to actually point out that just a suggestion for your works for the Origami Talk podcast, as you said, yes, that was a really good point that a lot of people don't want to like, you know, attend so many like, you know, Zoom attends, Zoom fatigues, as you said. So I think if I were in your shoes, I would do this. I would make a Discord server so the talks of each, that you could have the interview format with the artists and origami artists as well. So you could have like, you know, certain knowledge that you want to extract from them, you know, in terms of the interview format. But at the same time, you could say in the next, in this month, we're going to have two meet up with this artist on these dates and yeah, like, you know, things on Discord. And in Discord, the moderation and everything is so simple and basic. Basically, you can just make a voice channel and mute everyone so they can just listen and not speak. And, well, the moderator or the person who's talking, they can just share a screen and talk and explain everything. And the people in the chat could write their questions. Or even better, at the end of the talk, you could just allow like give permission to people to actually use the microphone like person by person so there's a lot of creativity you can do with discord for this stuff and i think it's kind of like you know neat idea for your the format of the podcast you're doing yeah thank you for the suggestions one one problem that i might have with the discord is that um, many audience in the origami world are senior people and they are not used to working with discord and and uh discord is a little bit somehow advanced in in terms of interface and oh yeah uh the controllers but still there are origami people in the community that have the discord servers but they're they're not using that as a video or or 
conference uh, tool, but that might be also interesting. Yeah, thanks for the suggestion. You're welcome. And um, the next thing I want to ask you about is your work at Kafa Bazaar Studio. And of course, if you're comfortable talking about this stuff, if I'm not asking too many personal questions, but it's, it's interesting. You said that uh, in your bio and on Instagram that you're a user experience designer. And well, right. it's kind of like, you know, it's, it was kind of like fascinating for me that first, like in the podcast, you said you uh, studied applied mathematics, then you got it interested in origami and art. I was like, oh, the correlation makes sense. But how did it happen that you be got the position of uh, user experience designer in uh, a Bazaar? Like how did those worlds collide exactly? Right. So <laughs> that is also one of the things that I was interested from when I was high school. I, I was trying to design websites when I was like 17, 18 years old, but I never got the, I talked about coding skills. I learned about CSS, HTML, and a little bit of JavaScript, but I never got to the point to learn it so much to design a whole website with that. So I was understanding how it works, but I wasn't good enough, fluent enough in those uh, uh, code language. And so I never somehow was able to break that uh, uh, glass wall and get get over it um, because it, it needed some sort of uh, both coding experience and also designing experience. But later I, I came across the not user experience, but first the uh, startup culture with reading the, uh, the, book, the book from Eric Reese, I guess it was like six, seven, because I had this studio origami team, very small team that I was trying to um, make it into a service or if possible, even a product of origami to make money out of that. So I, I was reading about the startups and the, um, um, what was the name of that book? That That's a very famous uh, book in the startup world. Uh, Eric Reese, uh, Lean Startup. Okay. And, and I, and it fascinated me and I really liked that. And later on, I went to, uh, to see video courses from Stanford that was publicly available on, on their websites. So I was like learning about these stuffs. And as I was moving forward, I realized, okay, there's this uh, user experience that, uh, that, uh, that does this and that and, and, are somehow aligned with my uh, with my with, with, with the subjects that I like. So um, at that time, there was this tool that I could design websites without like coding, fully coding. There were there were these tools that that would help you to extract the codes or generate the codes from the designs. So. Um, I tried to design websites for myself and for my friend and also got some projects like commission projects from a dentistry and dental. So uh, a, a friend suggested me to also send a resume for Coffee Bazaar. Uh, and Coffee Bazaar is not a studio in that sense. So it's a software company uh, which, which uh, has a Android store equivalent to the Google Play and um, uh, right now it's like 44, 4 million users, the highest, uh, user base in the, in the country that, that an application, that an Iranian application has. And so I sent the resume, I went to the interview process and I got 
uh, accepted for the position. And it's it's been uh, nearly four years that I've been in the company and I've been lucky enough to be uh, around the very super smart people and learn a lot and also do mistakes. And again, learn from the mistakes to, uh, to um, uh, move forward. All right. I'm so glad actually I asked that question to ask that question because it just proves one thing that I've been telling people a lot that in this day and age, self-study is a complete and viable option to, you know, maybe get your dream job or a job you like. And you don't really have to rely on colleges and institutions anymore. If you all right, I'm just going to say this, get good at English language. I'm not kidding. There's a way, way thousands of more opportunities for learning in the Internet if you know English. So first focus on that and then from that you can learn anything i mean of course if you're living in a country like iran of course you have to be equipped with like 10 different vpns and you know i don't know softwares like that to access the knowledge but you get the point yeah english is pretty useful and um all right now the next thing i want to actually actually ask you is that the thing that's actually really interesting me as well the 100 day origami challenge that you did and the thing is I, I personally did a 100-day challenge myself to kickstart my momentum into drawing and getting better at art like in, in the summer of 2018. Uh, I was actually in a pretty dark times of my life, but like I had the leg broken and everything. I was in an accident. But here's the thing. I mean, I, I've said this story like I think 10, 10 or 15 times in the podcast for the recurrent l- listeners is kind of annoying at this point. But to the new listeners, here's how it happened. I always loved drawing and just, you know, being able to express myself, express myself visually. I've always been like an artistic, creative kid and person. And aside from that, I've always had like, I still have like really just amazing detailed dreams. And I've always wanted to learn drawing so I could draw them. So here's what I did. I was like, what should I do? I just opened YouTube and just searched how to draw. I know not not necess- doesn't seem like the best method, but here's what I did. I wrote how to draw, and a couple of videos popped up. One of them was by the channel called Artoon Block, which is still up, by the way. The video was how to draw Jon Snow. At the time, it was pretty popular, all right? So it was a 10-minute video, and it was like, you know, follow along drawing, and I did it. It didn't look at all like Jon Snow, all right? <laughs> Let me just be honest. But it was something that I draw, and I could, and I couldn't believe that I could draw this, you know, with the structured drawing, with some, you know, sense of like, you know, facial features and everything and fundamentals. So it kind of, I was like, wow, I did this. It is possible. So next day, I search another video, another video, five, six days pass. I was like, hmm. What I did was I put them on the wall of my, on the wall of my room, and I was like, yeah, it kind of looks nice. I wonder how nice would it look if it was hundred drawings. So I made it a 100-day drawing challenge. And I did it, by the way. Like I, And by the way, I didn't limit myself to one medium. I tried oil, paint, oil painting, watercolor, charcoal drawing, everything. I just tried to experiment with as much mediums as I can, as I could get my hands on. But in the end, it really improved my art skill, my hand-eye coordination and everything. And I, I genuinely believe in the power of challenges and just setting a number for yourself, a high number for yourself and just grind at it. That is such a powerful tool. And I highly recommend everyone to make a challenge for themselves regardless of not just starting anything you want to get good at. And you, and also our guest today did something like that. I mean, I assume he was already super good at the origami, but it's still, even this challenge is always bringing the best out of you, you know? 
and well with that like this little story out of the way tell us about the whole 100 day origami challenge how, how, where did the idea came from and how did it go the story of it basically yeah it, it has been a couple of years so i guess it was around like five years ago if i'm not wrong uh, that it started um but what I remember is the last day of the 100 days origami challenge. By the way, 100 is, is it, it goes faster than you think. People does like 365 days of something and, and it even uh, ends quicker than you realize. So 100, three, three months and 10 days is it's nothing to compare to many of these challenges. But I would suggest you to try if you haven't ever done anything like that. It, it ended the day that I joined Cafe Bazaar. So it somehow um, like symbolically marked uh, me putting origami as like a long, uh, long term career aside and going into a new world, which which later on, I just uh, came back to origami, I realized that uh, origami is not something that I can graduate from. And it, it is always tied to um, to my passion and what 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 even defines me. So um, how it started, uh, my friend Arya, uh, he suggested me to start this and he was better in the social media and he said that just like ease off with the idealism in terms of photographing and making the origami so I was super slow in posting in the Instagram so he suggested me and he even uh, 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 like f uh, accompanied me with uh, doing that in his page but he didn't eventually finish the whole 100 days and but I kept going on uh, there were days that I skipped uh, also especially because I went to Japan uh, to to attend the origami uh, convention and the workshops and also have the workshops uh, um, I, I didn't fully um, uh, uh, went with the 100 but but in the end like in terms of uh, so I guess the 100 ended in like six months, I guess, in uh, tops. But uh, when it finished, I went to the UX uh, and, and dedicated most of my time to uh, learning and working in the user experience and user research field. So Aria encouraged me. I started, I learned a lot because as you said, even even by folding the origami models, you know, or even by drawing something that is not super challenging for you, you're still learning because of the discipline, because of the process, because of the uh, constant time you're uh, spending with something. And that, that helps a lot. And in terms of how to create the like social media posts, what people are interested in your page, what are you interested uh, in in folding um, in choosing an origami model and folding it and how to document the process of these origamis so that 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 i would say was also an interesting challenge to uh to start all right and uh well let's move on to some different questions um, who are your favorite artists and origami artists and designers that have inspired you the most? 
Yeah, that's that's a hard question to ask. I would say every guest that I interviewed in the origami talk was uh, inspiring, uh, so much so that uh, I, I would be able to say also stories from different people. Uh, to name a few, but there are different people for different reasons that I'm really much interested about. Mm, I like I like Hideo Komatsu. He's who's a Japanese origami artist and designer. He creates these representative animals. So as I said, I'm not a like professional or uh, super good representative folder. Uh, I haven't designed, I guess, anything representative so far. And but his designs are so elegant, and the pro both the process and also the final result is so elegant that that uh it it encourages me so much to fold his designs specifically he has a fox design which has also the like it's super elegant you have to search for yourself and see the result it, it has the curvature the body uh of a fox uh that that uh, you wouldn't see in other people's uh, designs. Also, one of my favorite animals and also designs are, um, 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 uh, I forgot the name in English, not not the chipmunk, but what was the... In Farsi, could you oh, say the name? Yeah, it's the squirrel. Uh, the squirrel, oh, squirrel. Uh, designed by also Hideo Komatsu is, is a super elegant design and one of my favorites although the whole process is not 3d it pops out the the tail became becomes 3d and the body shapes into a 3d at the end and you can fold it flat and put it inside a notebook and you can open it up into a 3d shape that sits on top of a table which is a very very interesting model and uh chris palmer uh he's also one of my uh, because he designs these patterns, these geometric patterns and fractal patterns, he has this design flower tower, which is one of my all-time favorite origami designs. Uh, that is also one of the artists that comes to my mind. I'm sure many other artists are also missing from this list uh, that I have just named too, but uh, I would suggest you to go to Origami Talk and just because like... Every every artist there has an interesting story and an interesting thing to inspire you. It's origamitalk.org, and I'll also put the caption of the like the profiles at sign caption in. What am I saying? My brain is just freezing. Sorry, I'll put the profile of the Origami Talk Instagram page in the captions as well. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> so for ease of access. Um, all right. So, what are you working on right now that you can tell us about? What kind of project is it? I mean, by working on right now, I mean in terms of any new origami project you have going on. Right, right. So as I said, uh, there's this uh, exhibition that I'm trying to. Um, it's in one month, and uh, I I never have like been good at framing my origami so i've been putting them into boxes and storing them in my room so uh in very rare cases i had like framed them and this is also an interesting challenge this time with this exhibition to frame these patterns and shadows which are originally a series that started five years ago designing and um Currently, I'm trying to choose the best paper, best size, and the best way to frame and uh, 
um, um, uh, like exhibit these pieces in in the gallery, and um, w- what what we came to uh, agreement with the uh, curators of the exhibition was not to use the classic frames, but rather use blocks of wood that the there's a rectangle or square cut out of the center and you put this pieces of paper in the center of that block of wood, which is like six, seven uh, centimeters thick. Uh, somehow uh, as a way that this like wood has became uh into the paper and that paper became into an origami and the pattern and um uh, that's that's what i'm working on right now beside that i'm doing also some experiments with the other material like uh folding uh, sheets of metal and steel metal and brass metal and also um uh Um, some even 3D modeling in Blender in order to uh, recreate these origami forms with the wood, which is CNC'd or other, or or even like used casts. So that's also the the experiments and the projects that I'm currently working on. And uh, if if you've seen my Instagram recently, I'm also back to... This uh, not yet designing, but also experimenting with the pop-ups. So when when the pop-up technique, you cut the paper also, and you like take out the form outside of the paper, and um, that's an also interesting uh, technique that you can explore. And by the way, like last Friday, I had a workshop on the pop-up. So for those who are interested, they can also go to my Instagram and find the address for that ninety minutes origami pop-up workshop which you can do without any uh, prior knowledge you just need some uh, cutters print printer to print the patterns and uh, that's it all right awesome and um the next question is what area besides the area you're working on right now which is of course user experience design and origami would you be interested to explore and learn in the future if you had enough extra time right i like i learn i like to learn music piano specifically and uh, coding is one of the things that i'm really interested um i know very basic 3d modeling but i'd like to also get very um better at 3d modeling if if that's the case um so um i would say these are these are the topics that comes to my mind <sighs> anything any i i don't know i mean i'm a spontaneous random person so whatever comes to my interest i just jump on that and try it a little bit and then if it grabs me um uh, really hard i keep continuing learning and doing that but if not i just leave that and maybe later on i'll get back to that topic or subject and then um I'll continue that all right awesome usually around this time at the end of the podcast uh, there's a section which uh, i always ask everyone every guest which is called timeline section basically i ask them to um give a rundown on how someone who's zero at visual arts and anything can get to the level they are like what steps should they take but as this episode is a bit special because origamis are kind of like it's pretty straightforward the not i'm not saying they're easy i'm saying just the road to mastery is like 
pretty straightforward. Start from simple shapes, work your way up to more complex shapes. And as you go, you, you try different, uh, you try and study different aspects of the whole science of origami. And, you know, that's, that's pretty straightforward in terms of like how to approach it. But now, but, but instead what I want to ask you, which is, of course, it's something that I also ask other guests as well, is the final word section, which is actually pretty interesting. I recently added it to the podcast. Um, basically, for anyone who's listening right now and for anyone who might be listening to this podcast in two years, three years, two weeks, like in the future, you know, any point in time in the future who might sit down and watch this podcast or interested and they reach this time sign at this exact moment, you're looking at them right now. If you could, as you, sir, Mr. Ali Bahmani, if you could say anything, any message to them, any words to them as a human to human, what would that message or word be? Right. Yeah. So that that makes it a little bit hard when when you phrase it or put it in in terms of what what kind of an advice you have. So because I, I don't see myself as an expert in in giving people ad, like those kind of advices because I lived like most of my life not listening to other people's advice, and for that matter. I would tell you what worked for me and it might not work for anybody else, but at least it might be also an interesting thing for, for others to not follow the, uh, the general advices or, or the uh, usual stuff that they might encounter. Because I believe that any, any kind of rule, any kind of path, any kind of uh, best practice in any subject could be broken. Uh, time and time again, I've seen people uh, approaching origami, like professional or non-professional, from a super different angle uh, than what I had imagined. Like they uh, came across origami from a different angle. And for that, it became, uh, it, it gave them an edge. It gave them an upper hand in terms of what they could express with origami, which, which if it was a usual way or usual path to, uh, going into origami, it would have been, he, he would have never been such an interesting artist because he went a different path than any, most of the people who approach origami, he was able to, uh, he was able to accomplish what other people would accomplish in 10 years in just like four years. And, uh, seeing all that, I, it, it's, it makes it so hard for me to, to talk about that and but what i would say is that like in terms of origami um i'll focus on where to start the where to start question about the origami is that wherever you are interested that's the best place for you to start and it doesn't matter if you fail because then you realize this is not the correct uh correct spot to start and there's no right spot to start origami so um that's that's one thing and second is that uh your your starting point doesn't matter your growth tangent matters wherever you whether you start from the worst places or better places if your tangent of growth is not steep or steep enough you're not in a good shape. So that's what I believe personally. I started many subjects from the most stupid 
uh, uh, starting points. And all of a sudden, I was lucky enough to jump onto next stage, next stage, and then next stage. And keeping keeping yourself curious and always uh, always thirsty for knowing more makes you a better artist or a better designer or better person. Um, that's one thing, hopefully long one thing. Second, origami for me is, and hopefully for you might be the same thing, is not about art or complexity or like uh, showing off, which are, which I do. But most importantly, origami for me is to connect with the people. It's it's the easiest, fastest way to connect with the people. If it wasn't for origami, maybe we wouldn't have this conversation right now. Maybe I wasn't um, able to do the project of uh, origami talk and travel to Japan, uh, meet many interesting people and get exposed to their worlds. And for sure, I could also say if it wasn't for origami, I wouldn't end up in my job as a UX designer because of the unique path I went through uh, the origami journey. It also allowed me to end up becoming as a UX designer in in, uh, in a company. So uh, embrace the randomness, embrace the uh, spontaneity and um, just move forward. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming by. And what's the best way to contact you if anyone had any question? Is your Instagram okay if I put that in the description? Yeah, Instagram is okay. Yeah, so that's uh, my usual. Recently, I've been also a little bit uh, uh, active on the Twitter. And uh, the Twitter handle is AB Origami, as for Ali Bahmani Origami. Uh, I, had a, I had an old account, which I... Uh, which I uh, miss uh missed it and uh, and now it's gone so this is a new account that i open up and have been pretty active but yeah instagram or whatever contact you have from me my email is also uh but with the email i'm a bit more slow because uh, i have tons of emails and i check less regularly with the email so yeah instagram would be nice all right awesome well thank you so much for coming by and thank you to anyone who's tuned in and listened to this episode i hope you enjoyed it and learned something from it um hopefully there's going to be there's some plans to do some additional content with mr bahmani for origami stuff if do keep an eye out for that as well well that's about it thank you so much for tuning in and stay safe everyone see you next episode bye bye thank you